Hello, everyone. Greetings, Welcome Internet. to The Patch. This week's episode is brought to us by Audible.com and Dollar Shave Club. We're going to talk more about them in a bit. Okay. Hey, look. You can see them right there. Audible and Dollar Shave Club. Oh, we have graphics. It's fancy. All right. The future is now. Let's get the patch started. <laughs> Hit us up there. <laughs> can I have a sound effect for that? We need hey, to make... I think you just made it. Do I have to repeat that every time? <laughs> Uh, you're a lot of variation. Well, you that's just made it. I'm sure someone's going to record it, and they'll send it to us, and then that's it. By the way, oh look, look, there's the special. Look, it happened. It's been flipped. You missed it. All right, we're ready to go. Um, so the set's different. The set's a little the different. Set is a little different. We're, we're bringing. We're we we. I mean, it's. I don't want to get into everything, but we kind of pushed that back a bit um, uh, to try to get a little more depth. The black grid is not in place yet. That'll be back for uh, next oh, week's show. Okay. You, uh, you're like further away. The desk is a little you, bigger not too. So much, but you further away. See, now we have room for the for the uh, hourglass over there. I don't feel awkward putting my arm up here. We should put like a chessboard Holy here, shit, like you a just, three way. You just blew my mind doing that with the iPad by moving Dude. things. Look at there's space. So, There's much, so much room for activities. So much, God damn it! I was <laughs> we need like Chinese checkers so one. we can play as we talk, or we can get one of those like I don't know, like a giant Surface what's tablet the, in there. Yeah, what's the, like Multi-touch. the six way checkers. Yeah. Mm. Or, no, we need one of those big 4K Microsoft Surface things they mm-hmm. showed. Yeah. That's like 85. Like a low tech. Do flowcharts on? Uh, I mean, we could. I'm sure there's other applications. I'm sure there's like a puddle game where people can pop. And we there's, keep, we there's, keep, there's, there's always a puddle game. We keep game. Twitter on there and topics and stuff to talk about. Maybe Snake. I made Snake. There's always Snake. I mean, it's cutting edge. Yeah. Yeah, they own Nokia now, right? <laughs> Nokia always had Snake on all of their phones. They did, yeah. yeah. It goes back to QBasic days, doesn't it? That's mm-hmm. the origin of Snake. Snake and Gorillas were both in QBasic. Yeah, I, that was used to be the only game on my high school computer that could that you could just get on it and play. It's like, oh, just you exit out to DOS, launch QBasic. It's like, hey, Gorillas. Does YouTube still do a game of Snake? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It was uh, if you saw the loading screen, like yeah, the little and if loading you, uh, circle. Mm-hmm. If you did like uh, one of the arrow keys, then it would just launch into a game of Snake. Yeah. I don't know if it still does that, but that was hmm. cool. I don't know. It was a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. I recently, speaking of Easter eggs, I you know just a couple of weeks ago, I discovered that you, when Chrome can't connect to a website, it shows that little dinosaur. Yeah. You can play a little game with him and make really? him you jump. Can? Yeah, <laughs> jump over cactuses and stuff. Then you just hit the space bar, oh. and he jumps. I've seen a couple of different iterations of the little dinosaur. Maybe I missed something, but I like the one where he's like. Yeah. When By I, way, now he jumps. Dinosaur. What, Mr. Gus Sorolla? Oh, I'm oh. Gus. I'm Ashley. I'm Ryan. And I'm Gus. Ryan, on top of things today. I, well, I've realized we got this far in. We talked about everything but who we are. So. Right, so we were talking about the important stuff like snake. Wow. So snake speaking, of, speaking of Gus. All right. In uh, other so Gus news. In Gus. other Gus news. I've become very fascinated lately with watching, not all speedruns, but watching... Certain speed runs and uh, so you've been hanging out with Ray and uh, glitches in games that I've I've seen you know, reported in the news. Like mm-hmm. just recently, there was, or I think it was today, um, or actually technically it was last night. Uh, someone became a Tetris Grandmaster. Apparently, only the sixth Grandmaster ever, and only the first outside of Japan. And the first one outside of Japan was Kevin DDR on Twitch, and uh, it, it's it's a it's such an entertaining video to watch. Like you never think you could get lost. <laughs> watching a game of Tetris. Tetris, but watching him play Tetris was like watching a, a computer program playing Tetris, uh, and he's just so ecstatic and happy. Like I don't know if I've ever been that happy about anything in my life, and uh, 
Well, oh, I'm, I'm sure so you've so achieved happy. other things. Yeah, he starts talking Seeing in chat. See how happy he is makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. He, he starts saying, if you're watching this, send me a message. If you're in Seattle, we're going to go out. We're going to hang out. <laughs> what you don't realize is that's probably the first time that guy stood up in about a week and a half, right? <laughs> I mean, he's been there focused on that game. Yeah, so he, um, I guess he did uh, the Tetris speedruns like during um, AGDQ. AGDQ. Uh, and he didn't get to that point. The requirements for getting Grandmaster are crazy. So I guess there's a there's like a GM mode that's super hard, and you have to get, I think, or like a master master yeah, mode GM. or master mm-hmm. rank, and then you have to get GM rank in four out of seven of the final levels in that, and then you have a chance of spawning the Grandmaster level, which they call I think promo exam. Yeah, which that's what the video starts with. He's very excited. Because the promo exam pops up. Yeah. Oh, that so, like, would he'd, suck. So he actually got to it before, uh-huh. like four or five times, I think, and failed. Mm-hmm. And then, so this time, that's not only it. Then once you finish it and you get through the whole level, you have to play through the credits, not being able to see the blocks that you've stacked on the bottom oh, or the gosh. blocks that yeah. are dropping. You can only see next. Uh-huh. And then you know you have to figure out what you're building, and you have to survive through the entire credits for the game. I mean, the kind of memory you have to have to be able to pull that off is just awe-inspiring. And if you look at the <laughs> basically like, dude, we think your brain is well. By the time you played enough Tetris to get to that point, it's like the Matrix, right? It's just you see it; it's all in your brain there. Like, yeah. you don't need you just to see the letters falling. You could probably do it with your blindfolded, just yeah. you know, touch sensation. If you well, I and if there you look- are some things where um, the blocks go invisible when they fall. Yes. That's, that's that's towards the end of, the, of that. That's one of the uh, one of the things you have to get through. And if you look in the <laughs> the, the comments or the description for his video for that run through on Twitch, um, there's an image with a step by step run through of the invisible portion during the credit sequence, showing you what blocks fell where and what he was building. So you can. So the only way you can see those blocks is like you see them as the upcoming block, right? And, and then, then yeah, once you see them in place, you see them for just yeah. a sec, yeah. not even a second, just like a fraction of a second. Yeah. It's totally incredible. And, and even before this, so this is the most recent one that I've, I've really been fascinated with. I want to say, I think it was last week, uh, Seth Bling did a credits warp exploit on Super Mario World, I guess for the first time ever on console, mm-hmm. where essentially you go through the first level of Super Mario World, and it's super technical and complicated. I don't fully understand it, so I'm going to do the best explanation I can here. But I guess and, you, and everybody, make sure you tell Gus why he's wrong you in, every, in every detail. You have to play the game a very certain specific way uh, so that basically you're writing memory values into RAM on the SNES. Wow. And then you, 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 have, to, so you have to be very precise about where you place items, where you destroy items, what you leave, what you don't leave, so that you create this state in the memory of the system. And then you, you execute something. You basically make... You hit Yoshi, make him hit a, eat a coin at a certain time, and the game doesn't know what to do, so it takes you to credits automatically. So you're using the game to program a virus into the game. Yes. Yeah. So previously, I guess wow. it, it had only been done on emulators. Impressed, pe- Ryan? I'm pretty impressed. People weren't sure if it would actually work on uh, on an SNES, and this is the first... He, he did it for the first time ever, and I want to say his time initially, I think, was just under six minutes, uh, but he subsequently got that time down under four minutes now. It's, and it's, again, just like the other video, it's really interesting to watch. And as he explains the process, like, this has to happen, this has to happen. And again, in the description is the very technical explanation of what memory registers are being overwritten and what values are being written into them and why it triggers this credit sequence. It's people have made a science out of not playing a game, right? I mean, they've taken it to the level where it's like they, they play a game that's behind the game. They, they've made a science of breaking the game. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's crazy to me that, you know, this is a game that is 20 years old 
you know, and he just broke the record. And right before he broke that record, uh, I want to say that the emulator record was also just broken, I think, less than 24 hours before that. So within... Yeah, it was like, like back-to-back. Yeah, within a 24-hour window, you know, these 20-year-old... This 20-year-old game has its world record broken twice. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Like, the closest I think I've ever gotten to a speed run of any kind is I memorized, like, the, the code to get the final page in Mist, like, right at the beginning. And I was like, yeah, I'm fast. <laughs> I, I was really proud of myself at the time. <laughs> But it's 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 really fascinating. So what what's drawing you to speedrunning? Why do you want to watch speedrunning? I think I like seeing how happy the people are when they do it because it's like so you just want to absorb their joy. I think you don't so. care what they're doing. Well, it's like they're they're so intense and they're so like knowledgeable and focused about mm-hmm. this one thing, you know, and then they can execute it. And it's 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 just like I don't know. I feel like sympathy happy. No, that's not right. <laughs> like I feel like happy for them and with them it's uh, right. it's like yeah. their, their happiness is infectious infectious right like i'm learning how to be happy by watching speed runs well i mean there's also something to be said for oh I gosh think, that's so sad, <laughs> that's a sad one. that is sad uh but i mean you're basically watching someone at the peak of their performance it's like watching a martial artist only with much higher blood pressure uh, <laughs> that uh you know they, you, they, you they don't the know precision, that their blood pressure is higher it could be that's true i mean I, i'm Imagine there. Do you think you have to have high blood deep... pressure to like put your head through a board? Uh, no, my my thought is that the the higher blood pressure from the people are sitting in chairs all day playing video games, eating Cheetos. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm living thinking the, living the stereotype. The chances of deep vein yeah, thrombosis of, are much higher on the video look game like players. The yeah, like it's true. They've been, that was a, or Dieter. yeah, they, they, they pretty... both look. They look like you know, yeah. normal people. Well, if you really want to beat the Tetris, you have to actually lift the blocks as a human. You go outside, that's how he trains, is he just moves Tetris blocks around. Uh, it's like Ultimate Warrior. So, yeah, that, I want to go back to that Tetris guy for just a minute. Cross, so he was, uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's been playing the game for eight years. And so the, after he gets the Grandmaster, the video goes on for like another seven minutes or so. And it's just him super excited and his friends there with him. And they're like talking back and forth about what happened. And uh, he, the, the guy who got Grandmaster, his phone died. So he tells his friend, oh, I need you to take a picture of the screen when it comes up so I can get it. So, you know, it's fine. The, guy, okay. the guy's taking a picture well, you, of it. You get I was, the video. I was, I was, yeah, I mean, it. The guy, like, takes a picture and then, uh, you know, in order to get the get to flash up on the screen, he has to start a new game. And his friend's like, oh, are you going to play an- another game? And the guy goes, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with that game. I'm done. <laughs> got to go out on top. Yeah, he's like, I, I, yeah, once you get that, so I, I imagine never he's just like, again. I'm never touching that game. Well, how do you not, though? I mean, you've basically programmed yourself to play Tetris. I, I imagine he had to play pretty regularly. What do you do with yourself after that? I don't know. You get a job like uh, sorting mail, like getting all the packages into the delivery trucks with the <laughs> utmost efficiency Yesterday, and speed. I was the first American grandmaster of Tetris. Today, letter carrier. <laughs> Blindfolded. Yeah. He actually just pulls up in the middle of the cul-de-sac and just like starts throwing letters in random directions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get wrong, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, no. it works out in the no end. No, Gus. They're with, never wrong. With, with enough practice, he'll get there. Yeah. He lands each one precisely blindfolded. Uh, but yeah, I love it. It's my, it's my new favorite thing. I, 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 I feel people... like I'm late to the speedrun thing and, I'm, and people are going to give me shit about it. I kind of feel like speedruns are sort of an alternate version. They're like the single-player version of esports. It's someone who's playing a game on a completely different level. Like, they're, yeah. not, they're not playing the game anymore. They're playing something well, far beyond well, the game. Well, that's what uh, Kevin DDR says. Like, he has this description in his, you know, his Switch channel, and he says that he doesn't like playing multiplayer games. He likes playing games where it's him against the machine or him against himself. Like, those are the kinds of games that he really wants to get into. Dude is going to love the robot over 
rise with thing when the robots take over. He can fight all of the machines. The robot only if they were only if they were attacking precise patterns that never change. They're machines. Well, they can have some random. What uh, they could have an RNG. It happens all the time. All right, I can't argue with that. That's how Destiny constantly defeats me and gives Jack everything. (laughs) You you, you want to talk about it? I'm so bitter. Still still, still playing Destiny, huh? Only once in a while. How's uh, that? I'm trying to kick that What is once in a while? Uh, Crota's fine. You know, he's he's still there. Once in a while, yeah, I've gotten it down to like, maybe I'll do the Nightfall. Just trying to get stuff for the next. Because I don't want to, especially, they've said now that they're going to not break the loot system, which... When they released the uh, the first DLC, they really broke it in the sense that all the stuff that you worked so hard for was completely worthless. You mean compared you to, to like re- when did you have to like reset everything that you'd maxed out in order to for the get exotics? It from yes, el- eligible for a max level thirty two of max level thirty two. Uh, for the exotic weapons you had and armor, yes, you had to trade them in, and they reset on the experience. But the main thing was that your raid level armor was not as good as stuff that you could just go buy. Like from the shopkeepers in the uh, in the stores in the tower. So can I just say the shopkeepers are super weird? There, there's like the lady with like the inky tears. Like she's just like Eris, threw, yeah. threw a couple bottles of ink in her eyes and was like, "Come buy things." Inky also, tears. she's got the extra one. I mean, if you want to talk about the weird things, there's three. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, we've seen threes before. There was a lady with three boobs in Total Recall. <laughs> three is not new. There's also like, the, the three boobed woman inks. in Florida. Who got arrested for DUI? Wait, does so they, yeah, she well, doesn't actually have the third it one? It turns right? out it was a fake third boob. Go figure. Yeah. The woman didn't have a third boob. I'm pretty sure that if a plastic surgeon had actually installed one, that would be malpractice installed? of some kind, right? Well, I have, I have what do you want to call it? I it's have an artificial people. boob. No, it's not implanted because there's nothing there to implant into. That was installed, man. That would have had to been constructed. Strapped on. Yeah, but I have known people with extra nipples. Right, but they don't have them put there by a surgeon. No, they don't. But they could have them moved around. What? Is that an option? I don't know. Just like, like, <laughs> look, it's skin. You just go like, just cut it out. I have just like four nipples. Sew it in somewhere else, right? I just want them symmetrical. I mean, I don't want you to take it off completely, but if you could just move it around here, we'd be good. That is absolutely a thing you can do. Like, no. This is plastic surgery. <laughs> all right. You can fair. move on kinds of things, all kinds of places, if you know what I mean. No. I don't. Uh-uh. No, I'm, I'm talking, completely. Talking about nipples. <laughs> okay. We're back to the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> back to video games. Um,. So you, you wait. You mean you haven't played Nipple Simulator twenty fourteen? I have not played Nipple Simulator twenty fourteen. It's, it's, it's going to be in, the next Surgeon Simulator is going to be all about moving nipples. Yep. I did try to play uh, Grim Fandango on my PS four and had some trouble. Really? What happened? So I um, I, I remember it came out. So I went to the PlayStation Store online and I bought it. Mm-hmm. I was like, sweet. That way I'll buy it and I'll download and when I get home I'll play it. Went home to play it and apparently it, I had a problem that a lot of people are having with the game on the PS four, which is you go to play it, and it says start. You try to start it, but it doesn't start. It takes you to the store. And there's no way to start the download. So, okay. So I the workaround that worked for me was I had to log in to PSN via the web browser and then force start the download from my browser right, to my PS4. Right, remote download. Right. So, okay. Weird. But it was like a four gig download, and I didn't want to wait, so I played more Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> Dude, I love that game. All right, really, tell me about uh, it. How are you like, liking Bernie's it? Bernie's actually, like, um, he's, for the most part, he's refused to be in the room because he loves Mass Effect, he loves Skyrim, like I do, and, like, he knows that this game would be a lot of trouble for him, especially because at the moment he is doing, like, daily raids and nightfalls and everything mm-hmm. with, with Teddy in Destiny, and so he's so like... So Teddy's carrying him still? Oh, my God. <laughs> Teddy is carrying 
everyone. Oh, yeah. Gavin it's, comes in every day and is like, oh, yeah, we went through the whatever, and Teddy did the, all the work. We, we just kind of went with him. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderkind. Um, but so uh, he's been careful about, like, even seeing me play the game. He walks in, Every time he walks in the room, he goes... That game's really pretty. I'm like, yeah, it's Dragon Age. It's just <laughs> why doesn't he want to see it? Does he not want to like? Have I think he doesn't want to get or? hooked. Oh, okay. I think he's he doesn't feel like he has time to get hooked right now. But it's in not the like meantime, a- in the meantime, I'm like, hey, Bernie, come look at the way this light filters down through the leaves. <laughs> but it's not like an MMO, like we've talked about before. It's a it's, game with a definitive end and a definitive. It is, a, but it's a, also a beginning and end. But it's also you know it's a Bioware game and it's a, yeah. it's a very long game. You know, if you want to go through and complete all the optional stuff, which course you do one does not lightly start a bioware game you have to be ready for a commitment uh yeah I, I i keep trying to tell myself that i want to try to just plow through the story and i try to stay focused but then it's like oh wait well there's this other quest yeah now, i'm just gonna go run and do this and oh well there's there's some red lyrium here yeah, and- the trouble is you see all the markers on the mini map and you go oh, i'm just gonna sidetrack to this one thing and that one thing spawns 10 other or- things and then you're in a single area doing cleanup for the next 50 hours right it's like okay my my mission is halfway across the map over there i'm just gonna stop and do those two missions on the way because they're on the way i'd be dumb not to nope <laughs> it's not the way it works no and then you just end up continuing the branching and uh, continuing playing. I have no idea where I am in the story. I mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I'm still pretty early on in the story. Okay. I, I'm I'm one of those people that I, like I refuse to do anything in the story until I've exhausted all other options, just in case I miss something. I yeah. did that with Mass Effect 2, I think. And that takes a long time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, did you... Uh, was that That's the one where you have to go through and mine all those planets to mm-hmm. get all those resources. I also did that oh, with... Oh, my God. That was just... A, I'm just tired. I also that. did that with Fallout 3. Well, I tried to do that with Fallout 3, but I, I ended up ruining the game for myself because I got to Rivet City before I should have, and I circumvented all the, uh, the free dog quests. So my first <laughs> playthrough oh. of Fallout 3, I never met three dog. Mm-hmm. Did I call him Free Dog earlier? I'm you having did. trouble. I never met You're Free close. Dog on my first playthrough of Fallout 3 because I went to Rivet City as part of another quest, and then all that stuff just like disappeared off my wow. Quests. Okay, yeah, that can. So happen. sometimes, yeah, it doesn't always work out well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm still really liking uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, Is it? Can I just ask a question? Does anyone else end up running out of potions a lot, or am I just really shitty at the game? Uh, or yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm playing in levels that I'm under leveled for. I'm not really sure. But I feel like I feel like my, I don't have a problem. But all the guys around me are constantly dying. That's what I was going to say. I feel like my party members use potions way more than my main character does. <laughs> I, I adjusted their potion use downward because I think it defaults to like if they go below thirty percent, they'll use a potion. Mm-hmm. Come on, don't be a little bit. Yeah, I, I can carry them. <laughs> Suck it up. If they can yeah. die. I mean, I, although I will say I have inca- run into encounters before with really powerful enemies. I'm playing a rogue, like a yeah, uh, I'm a bow rogue, using rogue. rogue archer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> always was, without fail. There was a uh, one encounter where it was like a giant demon, and I had a bunch of melee characters with me. So they kept running up and dying. So my whole strategy in that fight was I'm just going to pick resurrect whoever's down. So it's like I just kept running around the demon, resurrecting. Uh, party members yep. who had fallen, and it's like, okay, great, we got through that encounter, no problem. I didn't. I don't think I fired a single shot. <laughs> I've uh, I've occasionally played a little bit dirty as well, where like if something's chasing me, I'll run to the nearest camp because mm. for whatever reason the monsters don't really come in the camp, so I'll just like go across the border into the camp, and then everyone gets he- like everyone's getting healing, uh-huh. and then go back out and tackle a little, little wow. more. I mean, it's a fair, cheap it's a cheap tactic. Monsters hate tents, so 
I mean, and who can blame them? Really, yeah. I mean, they're just kind of flimsy. and They don't know. really keep the moisture out. You're going to have to sleep on the ground. Shoddy construction, Multiple. really. <laughs> so um, They're elitists about that sort of thing, <laughs> monsters. There is actually uh, a bit of Dragon Age news, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition news that came out this week that I did want to talk about this week on the patch. A couple things have uh, happened, actually. Yeah, so specifically the one I have here is, I guess, Dragon Age Inquisition got special recognition from GLAAD, which is the Game Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Uh, for their inclusion of, um, you know, many different types of characters, inclu- including um, an openly gay character. Yeah. I mean, Bioware has been pretty good about that sort of thing, about that that flexibility and letting um, the players really do what they want in that regard. Mm-hmm. And that's which is great. Well, I think the, it, the most interesting thing to me is, you know, a character in, in, Bio, in Dragon Age Inquisition, a character's sexuality is not the defining characteristic of that character. No. It's, it's just it's just an aspect. Right. It's just like more flavor or it's just like more mm-hmm. backstory that fills out. Like if you don't investigate, you don't talk, you don't know. But it's like as you dig in, if you really like start exploring mm-hmm. and learning about your party and asking questions about their history, then like the stuff comes out. And it's, I think it's interesting. It's really interesting. It's really cool to see that. It's also um, I like that they have characters. It's not just that every character is open to banging you no matter. Right. <laughs> no, no, no matter what. It's that like they totally have Totally bisexual it's world. Like, it's like if you're a chick and that character is not interested in ladies. Guess what? That character's not interested in ladies, and you're just going to be really good friends. Yep, you're barking and up that, the wrong tree. Exactly, and you know that was a thing in um, in Mass Effect Two, and it's like, yeah, but I want to bang them, but I'm going to respect their decisions <laughs> <laughs> and respect their preferences, and uh, you know, we'll just we'll have a great friendship. Mm-hmm. So, like Mass Effect, but even more so with with this particular Dragon Age, they've done more than ever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're uh, openly you do, gay you do characters have a lot in the last of- uh, Dragon Age as well. I didn't yeah. play the last one, so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if it may be the same character. I think there was a a male and a female. Hmm. I think there I think there are a couple of characters that carry over. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember hearing that, but I'm not sure who they are. Yeah, I like, played, there I was played, like a blonde really guy that was from the, like the, their France or whatever was the. Uh, oh, so yeah. I guess they really stepped on a lot of stereotypes <laughs> yeah. there. But yeah, I played uh, the first Dragon Age, but I didn't play the second one. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, I'm also, still having a ton of fun with that. Um, the other bit of news for Dragon Age Inquisition was that. Um, Bioware, or I think EA made the actual announcement that Dragon Age Inquisition is their best launch of is Bioware's best launch of all time. Really, like, oh. mo- like biggest selling launch, so it's outsold um, all the Mass Effects in terms of launch window. Wow, I didn't I hadn't read that. Mm-hmm. I guess that probably came out during their conference call. I think their conference call was yeah, yesterday. it was during the earnings call. Okay, which is which is very very impressive. That's surprising because I felt like Mass Effect was such a huge series. And, right, which yeah. isn't an indication against Mass Effect, it's an indication in favor of Dragon Age. Oh. There you go. Positive spin. That's what it's all about. I'm really excited about so- Dragon Age. <laughs> Someone's familiar with marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want everyone to be happy. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great game. If you don't, like, you, it sounds like you haven't really gotten into it. Not yet. No, I keep getting distracted. Like Right now, I just got distracted by uh, Dying Light coming out. I really like that game. We've, uh, we've been playing around with it. Uh, we we were able to get it unlocked yesterday, so we have a little extra run time with it. But uh, what's your experience with it so far? Uh, it's a really fun kind. Of, I'm having difficulty kind of even comparing it to much, but it it feels if you had to to label it something kind of sort of like a first port person Mirror's Edge meets uh, Dead Rising. Okay, because uh, there's like a crafting system, there's a skill system, uh, but you're doing all the free running. Uh, they also have that. 
kind of zombie trope where at during the daytime the zombies are very slow moving during the nighttime there's special zombies that are really fast and chase after you now, vampire zombies of course oh yeah well actually they, it's funny because they have that like split jaw thing from the uh, yeah. the later blade movies where the yeah. bottom half opens up i hate that what what's wrong with that there i mean it's like they're zombies how did their biology change that much oh it's a virus they're infected all right yeah, but you know they're it, all infected it regrew their jaws and the muscles required to operate look the jaws? viruses I mean, that's are a dangerous thing yeah, no, it's, it's a video game. game. I know. It's altering your DNA. I, mean. I know it is. I just, like, zombies <laughs> scare me so much. Like, they're already scary. Why do they also have to split their jaw? <laughs> well, it's okay. You spend most of your time when they show up running for your life. You won't see it because it's behind you. Yeah, it's, well, you if you're lucky, they're behind you. What a comfort. <laughs> which they, they've added something that I've not had before in a first-person game, which works really well. I mean, you sort of have it in GTA, but if you're running and you hold Y... You look over your shoulder and keep running. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's a funny, it's like a little tiny detail, but you just don't it's, see it that it's often. It's like a rear view mirror. Exactly, like, yeah. It, well, it's like, a, you remember they, they tried to do something similar with a couple of, I think, the uh, the racing games that have Connect integration, where if you do like this a little bit, uh-huh. then it would like turn to look. Give you a little field of view shift. Yeah, but it just, it was one of those weird things, because you turn your head, but then you have to like look at the screen <laughs> to see sort of like what it did. Just and look just, away from the monitor. It works great, I promise. <laughs> The monitor shows exactly what you would see if you were looking left. Yeah, so that, that maybe seems like a more ideal uh-huh. uh, implementation of that particular yeah. feature. Works really well, though. It's got a, a, a bunch of, they've been discovering a bunch of different uh, fun little Easter eggs in the game. Uh, co op on it works great. Uh, we tried out one Let's Play so far uh, that'll hopefully come out next week. How many Max players? Four player co op, plus you can have a zombie co op. Partner, which is a, an adversary. Okay, so, so it can be it can be a four v one man. Four v one, yeah. A lot these days. It is, and that's a really originally that was going to be a pre order only mode option. Wow, but they've unlocked it for everybody. Now, okay, as I understand Good. it, because that seems like a that seems like a weird thing to keep only mm-hmm. for people who pre ordered. Well, also, it seems like if you're going to play online, it, it limits your pool of it potential does, yeah. players, like, and people are going to see, oh, there's not as many people playing that mode. We're just all going to play the mode everyone has. Well, no, no, it doesn't work that way. That's that's actually an interesting thing. So when you the Co-op is shared campaign completely, so you can open your game and somebody else can join in. They bring all of their equipment and experience with them, but it runs off of your story progression. Anything that you progress the story in as you, they also get credit for if they haven't already got it. They can take back all the experience and weapons and levels that they gain. And you can also open that mode up for the possibility of an adversary zombie who is just another player that can join in at any time and become a super zombie chasing you through the world. If an adversary joins your game, do you know? Yes, because... Uh, I kind of wish you didn't know that. (laughs) Like just suddenly there's a super smart zombie that's that's messing with your mind. That's running at you. I guess that would be sort of like... Right, that's just what we need. There's a super (laughs) smart zombie chasing you with his split jaw. I haven't seen that. We haven't actually tripped that yet, but from what uh, Caden was telling me, it flips it to... like pauses your story progression so if as a adversary zombie joins it won't mess up whatever you're doing oh okay i mean they did a lot of things really right with the co-op all the items are not uh you know are shared so if something drops everybody can pick it up that's good that's good and the story progression the level progression all that being shared it's a really good co-op system if you were looking for a four place four player or less co-op game uh this one's pretty good. sharing loot in a multiplayer game is always difficult i like the way yeah. diablo did it with sh- sharded loot mm-hmm. uh but i think 
But that creates difficulty with communication like, oh, well, I didn't get that job. Did you? This way, everyone has the same job, but everyone knows what's going on on the same page. Yeah, it's do it's you interesting. Think, do you think that has implications, though, for changing the balance of single player? Like if someone who's not as far along or not as powerful comes in, you get loot drops sort of at your at your progression level, and then they take it back to their game, and then they're overleveled for, for their individual experience? Yeah, it could happen. I mean, the... It does seem to be some sort of uh, rarity system to the loots. It seems like you can get better quality uh, weapons, which will have more repair options. The, it's got kind of an item degradation system to it where uh, you can only repair certain things so many times before it's uh, completely used. I don't like that. Uh, there are skills that you can get that make it so that you don't necessarily use a repair slot okay. every time. Yeah, like that was one of my big issues with Dead Island was that mm-hmm. weapons broke down too quickly. Isn't that a thing they with do break Minecraft down very quickly. as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it looks like there are skills in there that'll make it so that it's not that bad. It's much more manageable, which is something that's kind of uh, nice because you can upgrade weapons as well and add there's mods that you can put on them and, and uh, I forget what they're called, but they're specific upgrade slots, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know if those are, are recyclable yet. If once you socket one in there, it's kind of like the gym system in Diablo. Okay. And I don't know if you can unsocket them once. Okay. So would you say that uh, the Dying Light is a very promising start to games of 2015? Uh, absolutely. You know, it's funny because. No, Dying Light. You have to say it. Yeah, it's a soundbite. I'd like to say Dying Light <laughs> is a very promising start to gaming in 2015. See, now they can put that on their website or on their box cover. <laughs> right, they would. There you Although, go. Otherwise, they just would have had to put dot, yes. dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. Uh, well, it's, you know, Dying Light was one of those games where it had a really interesting trailer that came up. I think it was PAX last year or was it? Uh, it may have been E3. Which showed actually a sequence that I just got through doing, which is kind of your second sundown when all the crazy starts coming out. Um, but then I hadn't heard anything about it. Like, that game went really quiet. I Compared to all the other things going out around it, that one went completely under the radar and then has just now launched to very little fanfare, I felt like. Hmm. Well, what would you rather? Would you rather see a game hyped very, very high uh, in the lead-up to launch so you're... You know, you have reason and, and motivation to get it day one and share in that mass, we're all playing it together, day one experience? Or would you rather see something that it does its thing, it comes out reasonably quietly, and then builds momentum? So people aren't all playing at the same time and having the same conversation, but you also don't have to worry about getting overhyped for a game that may be disappointing. I like I can see the benefits in both. Right now I'd say I'd like a slower lead up just so I can continue getting caught up on my back catalog of games. <laughs> I am so grateful tra- for this drought. Traditionally, for that yeah, traditionally I like a big opening yeah. launch window for a game. Which, Sometimes it's nice to just really get excited with a whole bunch of people. Yeah, like that's I think And then that, all get really mad together. <laughs> it's well, like a bonding. Well, experience. I think, you know, that's what helped Titanfall. It was, you know, after the Xbox One launch, people were waiting for the next big game and that was it. So everyone went out and bought it and everyone had a blast mm-hmm. playing cuz it was like this is the game we're all going to play together. Right. Well, Dying Light for all of the multiplayer in it that is really good and really well done isn't really dependent on that experience. So if it's a multiplayer only or a largely multiplayer game, it really needs everybody to get out there and play it simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, yeah, I mean, you could pick up and play whenever. Kind of, but you also get uh, games that aren't quite like that. Like uh, I would say Walking Dead is a good mm-hmm. example where if you're playing <laughs> along with other people at the same time and you're going through that like emotional roller coaster... And then you finish and can compare notes. Mm-hmm. That I think that's also a very powerful thing. That's really interesting. Also, um, and, and that's that's an interesting game to compare as well because people's experiences can be so different in that game. You know, there's definitely points in the game that are universal across mm-hmm. every playthrough, but everything else between those points 
can be radically different for everyone. So it's it's really like you say, it's a good game to go through and be like, oh, well, what happened at this point for you, or you know, what did you do with this character? What was your inter- interaction like? Yeah, it's cool to compare notes on stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you think those are less spoilery? Because you're probably well, like if you're comparing notes with someone, right? You may be having like sharing an experience that you I had th- that they didn't. Does that count as a spoiler? Leading up to In that time, I would have said yes. But now that people understand that that game can be so different for each playthrough, I would say no. Mm-hmm. But as long as you don't spoil the big moments that happen, mm-hmm. regardless for everyone. Okay. That's my, that's my thought on Fair it. Fair enough. Uh, here, I'm going to read this right here. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. Audiobooks are great to listen to when you're stuck in traffic, on the subway or bus, doing chores around the house, at the gym, doing errands, shopping, etc. For our audience members, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One audiobook you may consider is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, which I just rebought this morning. And you should absolutely consider it. Yeah, I, uh, I'll talk about that more in a second. Uh, to download this audiobook for free or another one of your choice, go to audible.com slash the patch. That's audible.com slash the patch. Thank you, audible.com, for supporting the patch. For your free audiobook, go to that URL right there. Um, I was realizing that it had been years, I think, since, I, since I'd read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I was like, oh, it's perfect. I'll just pick it up and uh, start listening to it this morning. It's so much better than the movie, too. Yeah, I, I remember uh, being disappointed by the movie. Depends on which movie, though. There was also the, the miniseries starring uh, Martin Freeman. The original BBC series, right? Yeah. 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 I haven't actually seen before that. Before he was The Hobbit, before he was Watson. Before he was Jim? He was. The hit, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, and also before, he, I, I think before he was the naked guy in Love Actually, he was. Yeah, the yeah, I think the so. Galaxy. I, I hear from that one though that didn't like Zaphod Beeblebrox have like a really crappy oh, yeah, inflatable head on his shoulders, really like bad. terrible VFX. But I, I really liked the. I, I think it was like a three episode miniseries. I'm not sure if I'm remembering it incorrectly, but it was really great. Uh-huh. Um, but the book is outstanding. The 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 five book trilogy. Yeah. The increasingly <laughs> inaccurate five book trilogy. I'm really really excited to go back through it. I I, I can't remember the last time I read uh, mm-hmm. that series. I'm really really excited to be back into that. Um, well, a couple last things I want to say about Dying Light. Oh, uh, it's got a really fun like side quest system. Well, not fun, but it's, there are side quests in, a, in addition to the main quest, optional quests that you can do. Uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that about uh, Grim Fandango because I'm having the same problem with Dying Light where it's downloaded. If I click on the icon, it fails to start. But if I go to the Manage Store page and pop it up and play now from there, then I can do it. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. It's really odd. I feel like I, I don't there, want to was, take the time to redownload it. Was there like it, but... a, a recent software update that maybe messed up some of that stuff? I don't know. Well, you could always just set the download to go like once you leave yeah. for the day. I mean, just delete it and then restart the download and go home and deal with it when you come back in the morning. Yeah, it's only it only happens on my work computer or my work Xbox. My home one doesn't have that problem. How so. many people do you think can talk about their work Xbox? How do you think people? there's a lot of people who have like, oh, that's my work Anybody Xbox. with a dev console, maybe. Uh Anybody that works in the video game industry, come on, there's not that few of us. It's 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 an unusual thing to do. You have to admit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still it's still a very small. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> uh, if you can do it, if you can swing it, go ahead, go for it. Get yeah. <laughs> splurge, pick yourself up a work Xbox. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, so I, I read also in other things that are going on that there's going to be Spotify integration on the PlayStation platform. And they said that you're going to be able to listen to Spotify playlists while playing games on your PS4, which made me think back to the old Xbox original Xbox feature where you could rip CDs mm-hmm. and play audio. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it was a feature that nobody implemented. 
A lot of racing games had it. Right. Yeah, it's that like that sort of thing is great for racing games. I always wonder if it like if I were having a single player game, if I was a developer mm. of a of a single player experience that I had crafted, I'd probably hate that feature. <laughs> like someone's gonna put on their like Taylor Swift and just completely ruin the experience yeah. that I've that I've tried to make for them. Which is why I think most devs didn't incorporate that feature. Yeah. Well, I remember. <laughs> I can't remember what game I was playing, but it was one that w- I think it was not a racing game where all of a sudden just random music popped up during the course of playing the game. It's like, what the hell is going on? Before I realized it was a friend of mine's Xbox that he'd ripped some music onto. It was like, that was so out of place. It was so jarring to hear like, you know, regular radio music playing during some scenes in a video game. So- it would be cool though if you could have like a, depending on the integrations, like let's say the new GTA, if there was a radio oh, station yeah. that, that I you would could like. go to that would just like play your music. Yeah, you know, I really wasn't, that's probably my biggest gripe with GTA 5 is I really didn't like any of the uh-huh. radio stations as much as I had in previous games. Like yeah. I could never settle on one. Most of the time I just drove with the radio off as a result. There's some, uh, I think on GTA PC, you could actually program your own radio station. When does that come out again? Not on, not, I don't know, <laughs> GTA 5 maybe. March, uh-huh. March, bruh. Yeah, sometime, March 28th, I think I was, is the tentative. I, I was looking, at, I looked at the date yesterday and went, oh. Sure. Like we're, we're, we're Fingers all crossed. sad for everybody today. I wanted to clarify something real fast. Apparently Spotify is going to be available on the PS4 and PS3, not just yeah. PS4. Um, like and said. they're also, they're also retiring uh, Music Unlimited. Oh, Okay. Will that icon finally go away? I never use that icon. I mean, it's so weird. I guess if they're if they're sunsetting the feature, probably. Okay. Um, and I think that I think that's going away in March. Okay. I think Let's something, talk something of, like that. Talk about music reminds me of uh, something that happened when I was in college, where uh, I was just hanging out in my dorm room, and all of a sudden, my computer, of its own accord, just started playing this weird, spooky, creepy music, and I couldn't understand. It's just like. I mean, no one was touching it. It just all of a sudden started slow, eerie music. Like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like unplugging the speaker and plugging it back in, and it keeps coming out and keeps coming out. Uh, turns out, <laughs> if you remember the game Dungeon Keeper, uh, yeah, it had on-CD audio. And for some reason, my CD player on the computer had launched and just started playing the soundtrack to Dungeon Keeper. <laughs> Uh, or I think it was Dungeon Keeper 2. Yeah, that's really bizarre. It was one of those hybrid discs where it, yeah. you could put it in a CD player and it would play the, yeah. the soundtrack. So, yeah, it was just very odd that it suddenly launched itself uh, and played really creepy sounding I can music. see how it would be weird for that particular music to come up. Right, yeah. I mean, it was very eerie. I wish I had a good sample of it. But, yeah, it's just very eerie music to suddenly start coming out of your room. Well, and the other thing was, initially, since no one was touching the computer, we had no reason to even look at the computer. We were just, like, looking around just the room trying to figure out where this you. weird music is. It was like life suddenly had a soundtrack, and we were about to be murdered. It's like, and, and what a great soundtrack <laughs> as well. It's like, oh, something bad's really going to happen like, oh, right now. shit. Movies are right. Man, uh, I love game soundtracks. I used, uh-huh. to, I used to go into, like, the pack files or whatever it took. Uh-huh. And like, like, I'd actually rip those out so I could listen to them whenever. Those are the days. <laughs> I miss those hybrid discs when you would put them in and be like, oh, let's launch the audio player and see if it actually plays anything. Uh-huh. Be like, oh, wow, awesome. There's actually stuff there. I remember, I want, I want to say it was when the original Xbox first came out that you could, you could pick up your pre-ordered game discs like four or five days before you could get the console. So I went to my GameStop and I got my discs, but I had no console to put them in. So I put them into my PS2. And uh, just see what happened. <laughs> and uh, the intro, like the uh, the Xbox logo at the beginning, apparently was just like a, an MPEG two file because I put it in my PS two and it played that. And I was like, "Holy shit, that's crazy!" So yeah. weird. Yeah. Then of course, at, nothing, at first you think it's going to play the game for yeah. you, and then it was like, "I'm stupid psych. enough where I'm like, oh, it might no, <laughs> not at all. Of course not. Yeah. 
But it's just like I used to like doing that. You just uh-huh. trying to put a piece of physical media in another device to see what would happen. <laughs> and be like, what kind of abomination will this create? That's what we're missing nowadays. There's not enough crossover media, right? <laughs> well, things was- were like DVD from an Xbox disc that also is a DVD. Mm-hmm. I feel like kids' games would be great for now, that. Now the closest you get is cross-buy titles, right? Yeah. Or you buy your downloadable game and get a free soundtrack that you also download. Right. Mm-hmm. That goes somewhere that you can't even find. Right. I did that with um, with what was there? I did that with a with a game recently. I don't know, uh, but yeah, like it took me ages to even figure out where I downloaded to because Steam mm-hmm. puts them in so like somewhere weird. Yeah, yeah, it does. I don't think I've ever picked up a soundtrack through Steam, so I can't I can't speak to that. Yeah, um, I'm not a big music guy. I'm not either, but I like game soundtracks. Mm. Like there's a there's a like an RPG. Well. It's mostly RPGs, but a couple of other games. So it's like it's a streaming radio station online that I sometimes go to. Except I have to be careful when I listen to it because I'll find myself getting really stressed mm-hmm. out and not know why. I'll just get like agitated <laughs> and then figure out that it's because it's like boss fight music from a uh-huh. game that like d- just took me hours to beat. You're, you're like, somehow like osmotically absorbing stress. Yeah, and it's, it's just that like memory yeah. stress, <laughs> the stress of boss fights past. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and that that muscle memory, it just you go. You just tense up. Yeah. It's a good workout. You yeah. flex. <laughs> I, don't, relax. I, I don't need no gym. I have boss fight music. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Microsoft also re- here recently announced that in the holiday quarter, they shipped 6.6 million, or they sold 6.6 million shipped Xbox Ones. Sold. Uh, it's a big... The headline says shipped. I assumed it was sold. You're right. I should have double-checked <laughs> that. Uh, it just says shipped. I don't feel like publishers do themselves any favor by claiming shipped numbers because then when they come through and say, oh, this is how many we sold because they're really mm-hmm. excited, it's never that high a number. And it just, remember, it was uh, mm-hmm. not not last year, but uh, it was right after GTA V came out and Activision was like, we shipped $500 a billion dollars worth of Call of Duty. Right. And then it was, how much did they sell? Like... A third of that, really, maybe? You're just, you're and and so it's like even even though that third was a really impressive number, it paled in comparison to their shipped number, and it it sort of took the wind out of the accomplishment. You're just uh, telling people, telling the world how many uh, copies of your game will someday be unearthed from a uh, fill, landfill. Uh, this is, or, or, or if you want to draw it out even further, it's like this is how many copies we thought we we're going to sell, yeah. and then we sold that. This many, was our actually. expectations and reality. Yeah. Yep. So I just, you know, I'm sure that they are, you know, selling, like, at some point, those will sell through. Well, now with the, well, with the new extended promotional down. price of yeah. 350 Knock it down extended a couple forever. times. Extended forever. Extended question mark. Who didn't see that coming? <laughs> I know we certainly did, because we're, we, we're smart. We're farseers. We're on top of that. Well, speaking of Microsoft, though, uh, so on the heels of us, all that we talked about with the HoloLens, which... Uh, which was great. Well... They apparently a lot have showed it to a lot of different news outlets, and all of them are speaking. Well, the, all the ones I've seen so far speak very highly of it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe my dire predictions were not going to come true. I, I haven't, I've, I've read all of those uh, positive uh, yeah. um, feelings that people have, or that journalists yeah. have about it. The positive feelings. What was the word? The positive Gus impressions. Is all the positive about impressions that uh, Gus is all about the positive feelings right now, and it's because of speed runs. I, yeah. I don't want to get my hopes up. Well, the only the only negative I've heard so far is that the FOV isn't necessarily that wide, mm-hmm. um, which I mean that's the same issue that you have with Oculus. Really, is the, how big can you make the FOV? But 
Um, well, Oculus's FOV isn't that bad, right? No, it's not bad. I mean, for what it is, it's really good. Um, this one, I think, may be a little bit more limited. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd be really interested to see. It's the when you bring things into 3D space in real life, the depth issue, if when it comes to interacting, is where the sticking point usually lies. So how it is controlled will be critical to that applications. But as far as just projecting stuff in the world. And Things I, are sounding really positive. And I believe also that I've seen since our discussion that you actually don't need markers uh, in your space to, oh, yeah, to, to, yeah. Define, uh, mm-hmm. to define surfaces. And I, they, did you see the actual demo where they showed the lady working with it? And then they had the 3D every, printed the 3D printed drone thing? Well, they eventually showed the, yeah, the 3D printed drone, but she was building it there on stage. And then every now and again, you'll see that camera on the corner that has the little drop-down goggle things in front of it to, to provide the image so that you could see it mm-hmm. on a camera and not mm-hmm. just through your eyes. Yeah, I mean, again, if they can deliver what it looks like they're, they've got in the store and make it so that the battery will last longer than five minutes. Yeah, I think the, the things that the, from the impressions I've seen is people say that it currently they're working on the battery still, yeah. that you have to wear like an additional auxiliary pack, yeah. but they're going to get rid of that for the final, the final uh, production mm-hmm. model. Which, yeah, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, and people, I'm excited. That, I'm people, when people talk about the Apple Watch, you know, which we still don't know a whole lot about, <laughs> that's the thing they always ask is, what's the battery life? And I think, be, you know, people want... I thought they talked about it a little bit and it's supposed to be, like, terrible. Like, yeah. Like, eight, like an eight-hour... Well, what has come out is that it'll last, supposedly, 19 hours, but if you use it heavily, it'll last two and a half. Yeah. Wait, are like, we talking... I would be using it heavily. Wait, are we talking the Apple Watch or are we talking HoloLens? Apple Watch. Okay. Apple Watch, checking. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean... Hey, it's a great device. As long as you don't use it, yeah. it lasts forever. Meter, you're 150 minutes a day. <laughs> or it's like you walk around plugged into your computer like with a USB cable charging, and then you just use it whenever you stand up. You know what I think I like about the HoloLens is that uh, it's a different approach. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, instead of going with the, the, v, the full VR route, they're going with augmented reality, and they're doing something different. I like that we get the developments of both Oculus and Project Morpheus and... HoloLens. I'm normally super skeptical and I hate everything. Let it be known. This is the one time I'm getting on the hype bandwagon as soon as they announced it. It's on the record. Can we get a box quote? I'm excited for HoloLens. <laughs> <laughs> Gus, I like to say, I think that speedrunning has made a really positive impact on your I life. I think you should watch a lot more of them. I think you're turning it around. I'm, 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 I'm speedrunning I'm speed, I'm speed right to the positive feelings. Uh, here, I'm going to read this. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is also brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Everyone here in the studio loves getting their razors delivered from dollarshaveclub.com. They ship them straight to our doors for a couple dollars a month. I can't imagine shaving without them. Uh, But I have one question. Why isn't everyone a dollarshaveclub.com member? You don't need to worry about commitment. Dollarshaveclub.com has no contracts. If you don't want razors for a month or two, they won't send any and you don't pay a dime. There's no hidden fees. In fact, there's no fees at all. Just pay for the stuff you order. They even have free shipping. Get their four-blade razor and four replacement blades sent to your door each month for six bucks, including shipping. Their razors are amazing, and if you aren't 100% happy, dollarshaveclub.com will refund your money, no questions asked. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be a member of dollarshaveclub.com. Stop hesitating. Go sign up at dollarshaveclub.com slash patch right now. You'll be happy you did. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash patch. Seriously, six bucks a month versus however much other money you're wasting on razors? It's a no-brainer. You may as well do it. Um, and that way you also don't run into that problem where like you get one razor and you're like, oh yeah, two days. Second razor, like go for a week. Like the last razor, six months. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you don't want that. I mean, I don't really need my epidermis, right? We just could scrape that off. It's always funny too when you go from uh, like from a blunt razor mm-hmm. 
to a sharp one, you go, oh, yeah. Oh, God. That's what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> My face is still here. <laughs> yeah, just like it's so smooth compared to like not quite smooth <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it lasts longer, too. Yeah. Hey, look huh? at you. Huh? It's a beauty shot. <laughs> so the weirdest story I read this week was Joystick reporting on the rumor that they were getting shut down. Um, so I guess that was a big rumor hit I mean, a couple days ago. It's sort of like that's their cheeky kind of style, though. Yeah, but who was it? Like, I, I, if I recall properly, another news site contacted them asking about the closure, and they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't hear about that. <laughs> right, that's going to be awkward. Yeah. Um, so I guess Recode is the only one who reported AOL is likely to shut our joystick. They still haven't officially said anything or done anything, mm-hmm. but apparently that's, uh, that's a rumor. Uh, that's going around that a lot of people are believing at the moment. I would I would hope not. I like Joystick a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been around for a long time. They've, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I think they're one of my go-tos for news, you know, for video game news. Mm-hmm. Uh, them and Polygon, I, I, yeah, I read pretty Yeah, they're a good group of people. Mm-hmm. The biggest news to me out of that was that AOL apparently owns Joystick. Yeah, that was the news to me. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I didn't know AOL still owned anything. Yeah. I think they also own uh, Engadget. Um God, uh, they own a big network. So that's, where, um, that's how a, they still exist, um, right? I think they also own Wow Insider and Massively. Yeah, they're all in the same like the same sort family. of network. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, hey. Apparently, AOL's been doing well lately. Actually, I, what? I, I doing heard what? What, I, what do I guess they do? These sites that are doing well are doing well for them. I see. Like okay. they're doing uh, content creation <laughs> and entertainment. So they 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 still exist. They're not mailing you free CDs anymore. Which is probably yeah. good for their bottom line. I used to have so much free internet because I just like make a new email address uh-huh. every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and every, everyone had a stack of floppy disks oh, yeah. that they just <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, repurposed. Like 50 free hours. Yes. I don't know if I ever paid for a floppy disk because AOL would just send them. I guess once they moved to CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no one ever used floppy disks anymore past that. You know, a few years ago when we were at the downtown office at uh, Rooster Teeth, um, we had a computer that wouldn't boot and to fix it i needed to find a floppy drive and a floppy disk <laughs> Wait, in, in 2008 so you contacted a paleontologist who and unearthed one i found one Wait, you mean I, like an archaeologist no that, i was making a joke about how old they were oh yeah yeah no, i think yeah i think i think i found uh, the floppy drive at a goodwill and i found <laughs> oh uh, an office max that still sold floppy disks and i bought really? like a 10 pack yeah that's crazy do you still have like the other nine yeah, it's like I just need one for like five minutes, but I guess I'll pay, you know, your 20 bucks or whatever. It's like now they've really, they, they know if you show up at a store looking for a floppy disk, you're fucked. And you, you're going to pay whatever they tell you you're going to pay for you that. You have no other option at that point. Right. I feel like the only thing that you would need that for, though, is like some super government computer that hasn't been updated since 1984. Probably mm-hmm. something on with a DARPA logo. Or-, or, or like some crazy old game, maybe. There you go. Um, yeah, you got to set up your your bootloader. <laughs> EMS <laughs> equals RAM. All that. DOS box. Yeah. Oh god. Um, so, uh, I, I've never actually played a game in the Witcher series. I'm very really? interested in them. Uh, the Witcher Two looks really beautiful. Like I, it was. Yeah, it was a very pretty game. Witcher Three is coming out soon, mm-hmm. and it's coming well, out on, on if it, consoles if it would as well. Please stop getting pushed. Uh, just that's a request for me please. <laughs> I've, I just want it so apparently on the PC Witcher 3 can import save data from Witcher 2 and things you did in Witcher 2 will affect I need to go finish that 3. game uh, but apparently they cannot 
do that save file import on consoles. Well, because it's going to be cross-generational, right? I'm not sure if that's the only reason, but yeah, I mean, that's... And that's probably, that's, like, that's one, one of the bigger things, things because I know that, like, Rockstar could do that because they could go through um, Rockstar Social Club, like, through your account that way. That's how you had to carry it over. Mm-hmm. The uh, cloud transfer, basically. Yeah, but I think it's, it's you know, a, a very similar thing. Um, you know, Dragon Age Inquisition couldn't quite do it. Like, you had to, like, import your thing to a website and then mm-hmm. make the decisions and then import them back down. Do, going cross-generational is just tough. Well, the, I, f- I feel like they found an interesting solution for that with Witcher Three, which is if you if you tell the if you set up in the settings when you first start the game that you want to affect the state of the world. Early in the game, you encounter an NPC who asks you what you know about the history of the world, and you mm-hmm. go through a conversation tree about things that you know that have happened in the world it's, and it sets the world up that way it's like a quiz where you're right no matter what right, where essentially you're shaping the world like you can skip playing a whole game and uh, and just do that which as dumb as it sounds this makes you want to go back and play witcher 2 on the pc now that way i can play it witcher 3 on the pc as well and get the full experience instead of just having the abbreviated conversation they did something like that with was it um the mass earlier effect. it was Mass Effect because the uh, was it the first Mass Effect that wasn't available on PlayStation Correct. and so they had um, I think they ended up releasing it for Xbox as well but they had a thing where you could go through and make decisions about the game. It was essentially a graphic novel that you would go through and, and make those decisions. Yeah, I think it's I like having games that have custom worlds. Mm-hmm. Didn't take advantage of it in Inquisition. <laughs> I just went default world's fine. But I don't know. you know, I don't in know. the in the Mass Effect example, I think that's why people were so upset with the ending. Is you know your decisions were so important across three games. You kept importing those save files, and then it boils down to the end, and maybe it didn't have as much impact as you thought it would after having made all these decisions for so long. Yeah, the Mass Effect ending is a I like, like that's a really tough thing. Uh, when I was playing it um, at the time, I was so emotionally overwrought <laughs> that uh, that I didn't I actually didn't absorb that it was. I didn't feel at the time like my uh, decisions didn't make. An impact for me. The ending started when you get into that final town, that, like that final like destroyed city, and you see, you know, you had like that final goodbye with all the characters, and like I saved Rex in the first game, and he's there being like, and, you know, like all, like all the people that I saved. Like for mm-hmm. me, that was a big part of the ending was revisiting the impacts that I did have, uh-huh. and then in the end, making the decision, you know, which races live and die. While I don't think that it was illustrated properly, and I, I never played the re the dlc ending like when i finished the oh, game right. I was like, when i finished the game i was like okay i'm done you're ready to put and it like down. that was it like i was i was like it I've, was your tetris i've completed yes i am the grandmaster and uh so i felt like the the my decisions were shown and reflected through that entire ending period mm-hmm. not not just the, it wasn't just not the just the witch por- gate part dude. yeah you know no i agree with that um, but I can also see why people would be upset because they, in the end, the, they are illustrated as three different colors with very similar endings. Mm-hmm. And you only get a hint of the impact. You don't actually get to see right. how the whole future unfolds as a result of that. Decision. Yeah, I was at the time, you know, I played through. Yet. I was I was essentially Yet. happy with it. And I still think it was it was OK. You know, it could have been better, but I was not one of the legions of pitchfork and torch wielding people <laughs> who, are, who are upset by it. Um, By the way, I will throw out about Witcher uh, 1. Witcher 2 was great, uh, but I would not play Witcher 1. No one ever talks about Witcher 1, so I figured that was the case. I picked it up on like a Steam sale. It is very rudimentary compared to Witcher 2. It is a hard step back. My my biggest gripe with The Witcher is that the main mm-hmm. character's name is Geralt. Geralt? When I just What's wrong wanna, with that? I just want to read it as Geralt. 
Okay. You read it, that read it however you want. Everybody's going to call you Geralt because they talk. Know. They're all, they're all pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it is like it is gorgeous. And it's gorgeous um, you it's know, in a very too. similar way to like Dragon Age Inquisition where you just want to like – I'm just like I'm going to go that way for a couple of hours. I think I'm just going to wander that I way. Had, and it's beautiful. I had really no expectations when I started playing that game and it was uh, much more open than I thought it was going to be. Also, uh, just a heads up for anybody that isn't aware, nudity. Lots of new. I'm um, downloading it right now. <laughs> I mean, this is, it starts <laughs> on, with boobies on the iPad immediately. Oh, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to three. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really. Yeah. And you know, the the developers have come out repeatedly uh, against paid DLC. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, CD Project Red. Yeah, CD Project Red, and they've uh, you know they're saying that they're releasing 16 different pieces of DLC for free. I think it's 16 um, after the game comes out, and that's. The, the individual DLC pieces are pretty small. A lot of them are like skins or an individual quest or something like I that. I hope the first one is but horse I think armor. <laughs> one of them, I think one of them is absolutely horse armor. Nice. Uh, but I like it's just I think it's a it's a statement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just saying that like you should be putting stuff in the games regardless. That's cool. It's admirable. It is. Um, on the on the note of DLC, uh, at PAX South this past weekend. At the gearbo- leading up to the mm-hmm. Gearbox panel, there were a, f- a, a, a frenzy of rumors that they were going to announce Borderlands 3 and show it off there, and they didn't. Can they- I just say that that was a stupid rumor in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> like, just just think, looking at the timing, they just announced that they're bringing Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel to the um, current-gen consoles. Why would they fuck with that announcement by saying, yeah, Borderlands 3 coming holiday 2015? Yeah. Also, don't even bother. Just buy the new one. Here yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I, so I feel like um, I can see why we want it. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to a Borderlands 3 announcement, but I just don't think that it was a, you know, a reasonable assumption to be making at that panel. Although they did hype it up saying we're going to have like cool announcements and stuff. So I can see why people yeah. would, and they, would, would be like, oh, this is the announcement that uh-huh. I want. Therefore, that's what's yeah. likely. They, they instead announced that Lady Hammerlock is joining uh, the Borderlands of Pre-Sequels playable lineup uh, coming soon. Yeah. I feel like you've, you've stumbled on a really fun game, though, now. We should just go to PAX and, and different conventions and try to start, start the most, rumors. Uh, <laughs> most outlandish that rumor possible. That would be a fun game to go and see who can get a rumor picked up by like, yeah. a major news organization and you run. Get, you come with like some uh, some fake technical documents. You just kind of drop them or on like the floor. Or some fake, like, some fake promo material. Yeah. And just like, dro- like you said, yeah, just plan them around. Sony around the booth. Yeah. The, um, next Next month, uh, maybe the 18th of February, something like that, they're doing some sort of event in New York where they're going to announce a new initiative. Just saying. Is it patch on location? Rumor starters? It's music re-unlimited. You know what's better than talking about the news? Music limited. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's better than talking about the news? Deciding what the news is going to be. That's going to be our new, Mm. that's going to be the new line for the patch. (laughs) 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 It's going to be on the box when it's in, in store shelves. Um, and but uh, Randy Pitchford and Gearbox also said that they would like to begin working on Borderlands Three, and they put a call out for people who want to work on the series to so, uh, apply well, for work. So basically, they're saying uh, we should hire developers at some point, which tells me not in development. Yeah, mm. unless it's a it's. A I mean, ruse. like maybe like well, maybe like what they're the, looking for. maybe like the concept. Yeah. Point of development where they're still looking at the you know the core team deciding. This is maybe what the game should be, but they're not developing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're looking yeah. for asset makers, then that means they're ready to go. If they're looking for concept guys, then it's like, oh, right. okay, yeah, it, it'll be a while. Yeah. If you want to work in the game industry, Gearbox is hiring. We will For something. We don't know what. And, and, and all think, you have to do is probably move to Dallas. 
They were, uh, I, I want to say they were pretty well, vague in that ask. job posting. <laughs> uh, what they did they get say? A truck. They were pretty, <laughs> and a gun. They and give up seeing trees. Uh, so you have, in order to apply, you have to be described as an industry badass. And he gave no other uh Can I get that on a resume? Which which tells me, it's like, so they're saying, hey fans, if you want to be involved, but only if you have a really extensive development yeah. degree. Here, here's, like how you, here's how you get it. All right. Ryan Haywood is an industry badass. Now you can put that <laughs> as a quote on your, uh, I like on your resume. Thanks, Gus. Yeah. You know who else is an industry badass? Gus Sarola. <laughs> I'm right here. All right, you want it? You want some of this? Sure. You, hey, Gus. What? What's you know that? who I hear is a really big, huge industry badass? Who's a big industry badass? Ashley Jenkins. Wow. All I heard was Ryan says I have a big ass. <laughs> <laughs> a bad ass. <laughs> a big badass. It's all droopy. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that's sad ass. There Are you go. an industry sad ass? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, In other news. Speaking of the industry, uh, Jeff Keighley uh, confirmed that they're doing another video game awards show at some point this year that's great i was i was skeptical i wasn't sure if he'd be able to pull it off but he did an amazing job the game awards the game the and until someone uh iterates it again Mm -hmm. and it just becomes the awards Mm -hmm. tgx so do you think they'll go like the alien route and be this one will be the games award the games and then the games award two three (laughs) Well, they, uh, they went to three, until, right? Until you get the Games Awards sponsored by Games. Games. Will it will be Games Resurrected. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you, are, you have it all figured out. Ah. Working down the line. Um, so we're pretty much out of time. I just want to let, last bit a couple things I want to mention before we go. Um, so there's a trailer out now for, or a teaser trailer out for the uh, Dead Rising movie. It's as terrible as you mm. expect. Um, and also the 20th anniversary PS4, the serial number one. Sold at charity auction for one hundred thirty thousand dollars. I tell you, I would have paid five hundred bucks for it. I think. Uh, no, oh no, no, wow! No, no. They should have no, sold no. it to me. Number one. Uh, Six hundred bucks. <laughs> I, I, I give them a little extra for that. I like that it, it went to a good cause, though. It's one of those yeah. things where it's a lot easier to uh, open your incredibly large wallet, apparently, um, if, when it you know is for for a good cause. If you got that kind of wallet to drop on something like that, yeah, that was probably nothing to you, but right. Go higher. Why not? You know, but it's, I throw you know, that it's out cool there. to have. I challenged all you rich people with um, hundred and something thousand dollars to throw on a PlayStation. Um, also, I'm not sure if we talked about this uh, before. I, I'm not sure if it was on the list, but um, you guys are aware of the thing that's been happening with Ubisoft games? What? You know? Okay. They're, they're going to oh, work now? Great. No. Oh. No. She's so excited. So over the weekend, uh, a whole bunch of games went missing from users' Uplay libraries. Uh, digital digital games, uh-huh. uh, mostly Far Cry, but I guess like Watch Dogs and some other games were affected as well. Yeah, uh, and they just there's no explanation. They just went missing, and then uh, Ubisoft came out uh, and said it's because they were stolen. They were, they were the, stolen. The keys, stolen digital games. Yes, yes. The keys were they were basically purchased from key strippers like GTA mm, or something like that, uh-huh. where they typically they'll like have well, like they'll buy a bunch of games overseas, strip out the keys. And then sell them in higher profit markets at a discount to make a profit. But in this case, the games were the games were all actually purchased with stolen credit cards. Oh. And so they took those keys, revoked them all, and said, "You went to a shady retailer. Go deal with them." Oh wow, wow, pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't know how to feel That's, about that. Kudos yeah. to them if you use a shady retailer. Like well, if you if you're buying a AAA title that's sixty bucks everywhere, and you find a site selling it for fifteen, you know you're getting it illegally. You know, but it's, some people, some people really don't. They're like, "Well, Steam sale has really good deals. Why couldn't yeah. this as well?" Some people don't look into it. I, 
I understand that it's one of those weird – it's a weird gray area when you talk about digital stuff because if it was a physical good mm-hmm. and somebody stole it from your house and sold it uh, and it was found by the police, the police would take it back from whoever right. purchased it because they purchased stolen goods even unknowingly and they would give it back to the proper owner. Right. That's like – this is digital goods, so it's not quite the same because it's not – it didn't. They didn't take it from anyone. Right, but they still well, they stolen credit cards. But they were using stolen credit cards. So you know, a lot of people are upset, saying, "Well, I didn't know, and I like now my game's been taken away." Well, this you know, I think this, sucks, this would be a great way to get audience feedback. So why don't you tweet us what you think about it? Hashtag the patch, and uh, maybe we'll discuss it and follow up a little more next episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and thanks we'll, everyone for watching. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see what what else uh, you saw has to say. All right, and our desk will get bigger. Bye. <laughs>